Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. A lot of cricket on, and these days, of course, cricket used to be... It used to be thought of as pretty much a summer sport, but now it's global and uh, it's beamed into us from all countries around the world. It's pretty much a 12-month affair uh, with so many competitions. Now, one bloke who's been part of a lot of them, uh, whether it's been playing in them, is black cap number 204 with 55 tests under his belt or 197 one-day internationals plus countless other games and the other forms of cricket as well, uh, is Craig McMillan. And I say that because he's also been quite heavily involved in coaching franchises overseas, as well as the Black Caps. And it's a great honour for me to welcome in Craig McMillan this morning. Macca, um, for you, I suppose, uh, at the moment, you're living or about to live life in Level 2, which frees things up a wee bit. You get to play a wee bit more golf. But what's your cricket involvement at the moment, mate? Morning, Smithy. Um, it's watching a lot of cricket at the moment. Smithy, yes, I think... Everyone in New Zealand is looking forward to level two and a little bit more normality, so that perhaps means a little bit more time on the golf course. But um, there's, it's pretty quiet cricket-wise. There was a couple of job opportunities overseas, but had to um, turn them down, unfortunately, because I couldn't get back into the country with uh, the way things are set up. So we won't go into that detail in terms of MIQ vouchers and that, but... Um, it just means a bit more time at home watching cricket and some late nights, early mornings watching um, cricket from around the world. OK, let's look at the cricket. And, uh, of course, on Spark TV, you've been uh, able to uh, to follow India versus England. A fascinating series coming out of there. And uh, I'm not sure it was surprising or not that England succumbed because it appears to me that without Joe Root, um, they're, really, they're really feeble in a lot of areas. Yeah, it was no surprise. It was actually set up for a really exciting day's test cricket. Any time you head to day five with all three results still possible makes it an exciting day. And England actually started pretty well. Sort of got through to lunch without a lot, with not a lot of damage done. The openers put on 100. They were chasing 360-odd, which is always a tough ask in, in the fourth innings of a test match. But it was really the spell after lunch of Boomer, who got a little bit of reverse swing, found... Um, some pace, he was up around 90 miles per hour so he found that extra pace that he's perhaps been lacking a little bit and he did some damage, picked up a couple of wickets um, and there is so much pressure on Joe Root, Smithy, in that England lineup. He scored 300s this series no one else has got close to a Test Match 100 and when you look at that England batting lineup, it is very weak so there's a lot of pressure on the England captain um, and he's held them together for the first three Test Matches but uh, unfortunately for England he couldn't do it yesterday and and India got up, and, and the surprising thing for me, Smithy, and I, I guess it probably might surprise you as well, 
is that India continue to have success with their bowling lineup, and they continue to leave Ravi Ashwin out, a player who's got over 400 test wickets, mm. who would be probably the first guy picked in a lot of other international sides, but India continue to leave him out. Yeah, well, they, they seem to keep pulling the right rein. I mean, you've got two. Uh, in England, it's, uh, it's unlikely, Mac, isn't it, that you, you're going to play two specialist spinners, but they... They just seem to pull the right rein, and, and Jadeja, of course, is, I wouldn't say he's overly more successful as an all-rounder because uh, Ravi uh, has also, uh, Ashwin has also mm. scored test hundreds. Uh, you know, it's, it's not like they're losing much either way. They, they just, I don't know whether it's Ravi Shastri or whether it's uh, Kohli, they just, they just seem to get it right when it comes to that position. Yeah, they do. I mean, you're right. Ravi Ashwin scored five test hundreds in his career and, and is a pretty handy lower order bat. I mean, heading into this test match, Jadeja had only picked up four wickets in the three test matches. So yeah, there had to be a question mark about his position on the side. He did pick up two wickets um, in the win and yesterday on day five, um, two important wickets. But Ravi Ashwin, for over 400 test wickets, he would be my number one spinner if I was picking a test side. And you only have to remember back to the World Test Championship final and the trouble that New Zealand had in that final day when they were chasing down that winning target. Um, he picked up a couple of the wickets and, and he was the hardest Indian bowler to get away. So you're right, Virat Kohli has sort of um, that knack of pulling the, the right strings at the right time and, and India go into the final Test match 2-1 up now. Yeah, they'll be tough to beat at, at uh, Old Trafford as well. Uh, just before we get to the Black Caps, how about this news coming through? Uh, you know, Some people would say, really? But uh, I think you and I probably think that this is pretty much run-of-the-mill. Pakistan upheaval in Test cricket now, <laughs> just as New Zealand are about to leave and embark on a tour there. Uh, they get rid of Mizbar or Huck, or he gets rid of himself. So does Wakar Yunus, who's been around the scene for a long time. They go out, in comes Huckley, Mushtaq, Abdul Razak. I, I suppose that, that would raise a few eyebrows, but not necessarily mine or yours. <laughs> no, because it's Pakistan. <laughs> We've seen it before, haven't we? Um, they, they seem to have these sorts of things, these disruptions that happen around Pakistan cricket, and they just get on with it. It doesn't seem to cause them too much concern. But when you lose your head coach and Miss Bowl-Haku, who's been there for a number of years, and Waka Yunus, with his vast experience as bowling coach, you think that would have to be a disruption to the side, especially when you're heading into a series and a T20 World Cup just around the corner as well. You think of all the planning that would have gone in to that world event, and all of a sudden you change your head coach, which doesn't really make any sense, but it's Pakistan, um, and you know, you just go with the flow. They're a very talented side, um, but it'll be an interesting tour for New Zealand. Obviously, they haven't been there for a long time, so I'm really intrigued to see how that tour goes and the conditions that New Zealanders are likely to face. Let's look at uh, the Black Caps now, and uh, one of the things I've liked about um, the Black Caps is, yes, Every now and then they get it wrong and it looks like they're in trouble, but they seem to learn very quickly. Uh, so they got hammered in the first of those T20s. They, they then turn round and, uh, you know, they got better. In fact, Tom Latham could have won game two if he'd hit it out of the park. That's uh, a big call, but he could have. That was the fact of the matter. And then they turned around and they gave Bangladesh uh, an equally big hiding. Uh, and I think, for me, that's one of the traits of this, this uh, unit at the moment. No matter who they seem to pick, they learn. They're smart. Yeah, it's a good point, Smithy. I think it's one of the characteristics and one of the things that this New Zealand side, over a period of years, have, have prided themselves on or have been quick learners. And, and we haven't always had the most talented or the best cricketers in the world, but 
we always pride ourselves on being quick learners and being able to adapt to different conditions that we come up against. And you're right, game one they didn't get it right, and that would have been a real eye-opener, I think, for a number of them. This is a vastly inexperienced New Zealand T20 side when you think that none of these players are going to the World Cup in the top New Zealand side. And even the experienced members in the side, the likes of Henry Nichols and Tom Latham, who are experienced in the other formats, test and one-day cricket, haven't played a lot of T20 cricket for New Zealand. So it really is um, an inexperienced side. So to be challenging and beating Bangladesh in their conditions, I think is a real tick. And, and I think when you look at some of the youngsters and the performances they're putting in, um, Ruchin Ravindra with the ball has done a great job. Cole McConkie's done a great job with the ball as well. We know that scoring runs is tough over there, but sometimes I think it's something they worked out after that first game where they got bowled out for 60 you only have to score 120, 125, somewhere around that, and it's a winning score in Bangladesh if your bowlers, your spinners bowl well. So um, I hate using the word learnings, but they have learnt very quickly from game one. And, and despite being 2-1 down in the series, there's a real opportunity here in these final two matches for them. Not too many people know too much about Cole McConkie. He, he, he's from your neck of the woods. Tell us a wee bit more about him. He's a Canterbury captain. He's a really good player, actually. He's, um, he's a good kid, got a good cricket brain on his head. He's been uh, the Canterbury captain for the last couple of seasons. Generally bats around four or five in that middle order. And um, spin bowling, his off-spin bowling has really come on the last couple of years where it's become um, a real important skill for him. Um, and he's one of those guys that the more cricket he's played at that domestic, domestic level, the better and better he's got. And I think it's great that He's been taken away on tour and he's been exposed to this next level. Um, in this New Zealand side, he's been batting a little bit lower than what he normally did, would around that six or seven mark. So he's um, more than useful with the bat. scored a number of first-class hundreds as well. Um, but certainly it's been with the ball that he's shone um, in some pretty helpful conditions. And, and we've seen from both sides the, the ability of the spinners and how much turn and bounce he's been. Um, it hasn't been easy scoring runs. But um, he's done a good job, and I think he'll be a key figure for New Zealand moving forward, Smithy, when they go on these tours to the likes of India, Sri Lanka, um, Pakistan. Cole McConkie, being an off-spinner, will be certainly a name that will be part of those tours, I would imagine. You mentioned before that you'd have no problem uh, picking Ravi Ashwin any day of the week. He'd be your number one choice. If it came to um, picking your number one spinner for the Black Caps, does it, does it matter, um, you know... You, you, you're looking at test cricket here. Would you still persevere with Mitchell Santner or would you go Ajaz Patel or is there someone else? I mean, you've been very close to the squad over a number of years. It's a good question. I personally would, would leave Mitchell Santner to play first-class cricket for um, Northern Districts. Um, he's still got a lot of learning to do in terms of red ball bowling. He's not a prodigious spinner of the ball. He's a very good white ball bowler. We've seen that in T20 and one-day cricket. So... He would be my short-form spinner, but I would stay away from Santner in terms of test cricket. Um, Ajaz Patel has been outstanding for New Zealand. You only have to think back to um, a tour a couple of years ago when we toured the UAM, bet Pakistan, and he was a key component of us winning that series with the important wickets he picked up. I think he's often um, undervalued. He did well in England as well. He picked up some key wickets um, in the Edgebaston test. Um, so he's a, he's a key for me. I, I think he's our best red ball spinner. Um, I just don't think he's got the game time that he deserves at, at times. And certainly in New Zealand, 
we know in terms of the balance of the attack that it's going to favour those those seam and swing bowlers. But I think that um, he's done a great job. He's also shown the ability over these matches that he can do it in white ball cricket as well. You've still got the likes of Ish Sodi and Todd Estill as well who are around the white ball scene. So it's nice to actually be developing a little bit of depth. You throw in Cole McConkie and Ruchin Ravindra and all of a sudden, Smithy, we've got four or five spinners that have had some international cricket and are putting performances on the board, which is encouraging because it probably has been an area um, or a skill set that's been a little bit weak over the last few years. Just uh, reverting uh, very quickly to the batting, Mac. Um, Finn Allen, tell us about uh, a little bit more about Finn Allen and his potential as you see it. Well, he's fearless. He's young and fearless and brave. So um, he's got that swagger that these youngsters seem to have when they come into international cricket. Um, and he's got the ability to score so quickly, hit boundaries. He's obviously a, a boundary hitter. He's um, found his niche in T20 cricket at the moment. But he's got shots all around the wicket. He's not afraid of taking on any bowlers. He gets New Zealand off to a fast start. In these conditions, I think he will obviously find it more difficult. He only was in for a small time the other night, got to 15 pretty quick. But I think um, moving forward, he's going to be one of those dynamic players. I see him sort of similar to a young Martin Guptal when he first came into the New Zealand side, the ability to hit the ball in the air, um, to find the boundaries and to take bowlers on. So I think he's a really exciting talent who's just going to have to find his feet at the international game. He's started in T20 cricket. He'll get a lot more cricket over the next wee while, and I think he's going to be one of those dynamic players that um, fans are going to enjoy watching Smithy because whenever he's at the crease, there's something happening. Talking to Craig McMillan here, folks. It's 10.16 on SCNZ. Now, Matt, the game today seems to be about innovation. Uh, Bowlers come up with theories. Batsmen have to come up with answers, vice versa. Uh, What people might have forgotten about you is you were one of the great innovators when... Uh, facing Shane Warne, you decided to take your stance facing the square leg umpire. Can you tell us um, now, can you reveal the secret as to why you did that, when you came up with that theory, and how did you gauge its success? (laughs) I I did like trying different things, and I have to say, they didn't always work, and I I generally copped a fair bit of criticism and abuse um, around them, but the thing I did with Warney was I actually tried it earlier against England. England toured New Zealand and we played a one-day game at Lancaster Park. I was facing Ashley Giles and I just had been trying a few things in the nets in terms of reverse sweeps and switch hits. And I just thought, if I face straight down at him, how's that going to put him off and what's he going to be thinking? Um, so I thought I would, I would try that. I tried it at training. It worked okay. The bowlers weren't really sure where to bowl the ball. Um, so I tried it against Ashley Giles. Uh, in the England game and it worked um, he bowled quicker, he bowled wider off stump, he wasn't sure where to bowl so then I tried it in Aussie and I have to say that in you played Australia a number of times Smitty, that's probably the most amount of abuse I copped in the middle from the Australians who couldn't quite understand what was going on but what I was trying to do originally was almost get set to sweep Warney and by standing front on I was pretty much in the sweep shot position um, I wanted to try and take the length away from him. He bowled a good length. He was difficult to hit down the ground. And actually, if you look at it, by the time that he bowled the delivery, I was always back in the original stance that you'd have. So it was just to get into his head to try and, um, 
offset him, make him a little bit uncomfortable and hopefully get a few more loose balls because you didn't tend to get that many from Woody. So um, how did it work? It was probably not a huge success. I got 30-odd in that game at Sydney. I did it once more in Adelaide and I got caught and bowled from a leading edge probably because of the stance when I was facing Mark War and got a huge send-off. So after that, I got encouraged by um, my coach, John Bracewell, to maybe put it back in the shed. <laughs> I love talking uh, <laughs> technique with you, Matt, because uh, you, I know you, you still think very deeply about it and uh, trying to fi- find ways around things. And uh, often they're not the way other people would find them, but that's Craig McMillan. And that was <laughs> Craig McMillan here on SENZ this morning. We're so pleased that uh, you gave us a bit of, my, a bit of your time. Uh, enjoy the, the valuable family time you're getting anyway and get back out on the golf course with your son, mate. And uh, uh, very soon you'll be able to play with some buddies as well. So, uh, Mac, thanks very much for your company this morning. Thanks, Matty. Thanks for your time, mate. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. OK, let's uh, Craig McMillan, of course. Um, and what a player. What a player. Devastating player he was for New Zealand. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.